Hello, friends. I'm back. This is the JRPG Report, episode 188. So glad to have you with us yet again. After a week off vacation, we did a little mailbag show. Hope you enjoyed that. But we are back for some more news in the JRPG world. Not a ton of things to talk about. Um, kind of things are gearing up towards the holidays and uh, all that madness is ensuing so we've got some things to chat about uh, i appreciate everyone understanding yesterday normally of course we record on thursdays but um i kind of made an appointment months ago went on vacation got back and looked at the calendar and realized that i had a dentist appointment scheduled for thursday thought i could tough it out but after getting back home it just i was in a world of pain and uh, not speaking very well <laughs> Uh, everything was kind of just going on. So I, I sent the notices out on the social media channels that would be today. And here is now. So without any further ado, let's get into the news. Uh, we knew that Monarch was coming in February. And now we have an exact release date. So Monarch will launch for PlayStation 5, PS4, Switch, and PC via Steam on February the 22nd of 2022 in North America. Our friends in Europe will get it on February 25th. Publisher NIS America announced. Of course, the game is already out uh, for PS5, PS4, and Switch in Japan. I'm thinking that that PC release date will be the same for uh, worldwide. Uh, launch for for that. Uh, here's a quick overview of it. This is a game where you descend into madness. Jump between exploring the mist of the real world and fighting the enigmatic overworld. Call upon allies, fight enemies, and unravel the mysteries surrounding your academy. Will you save the world or go mad or destroy yourself? Into the mist and beyond. Dive into a realm where reality and the self-collide mysterious world you explore are brought to life in a surreal, <laughs> dark, neo-fantasy style with intricate character designs and evocative settings. And you'll use the power of your ego to customize the appearance and abilities of your friends. Um, there is a new Adversaries trailer. Well, I guess not new. This did come out a little while ago. It's been... It's been a while since we had a podcast, so but you can check that out over on our YouTube channel, JRPG Report. But there may even be another video that's been posted since then. Uh, you'll want to see if that's something that you're looking forward to getting. Again, coming out February the 22nd next year in North America and February 25th in Europe. Now, I'm sure you could pick up on the, my cat as me making another guest appearance on the podcast there. And uh, isn't that funny? Just, they don't really care about you until they need something. I haven't heard a peep out of her all morning until I pretty much hit record. Anyway, we did get some new information about Tillier Sophie 2, the alchemist of the mysterious dream from publisher Koi Tecmo and developer Gust. There's a bevy of new screenshots as well for these new characters, Alette Clarity and Oleus Enders, as well as some uh, synthesis system and more. Um, here are some of the details. The game follows beloved alchemist Sophie Neuenmuller shortly after her adventures of the 2016's first game, Atelier Sophie, and the alchemist of the mysterious book. Sophie's unexpected new adventure finds her unconscious in a mysterious 
or mystifying dreamlike world known as Irde Wish, where she is saved by an unfamiliar face. The hero of the day is named Alette Clarette, who, I hope I get that name right, <laughs> who dreams of one day finding treasure that can only be found there. She's a procurer who sells things she founds throughout the town, but is also known for being reckless and wild. Alette helps Sophie explore this new world, setting out on a quest to find Sophie's friend, Placia, who appears to be missing. They begin their journey at the place known as the Dream Tree, where Sophie was found unconscious. The mysterious woody plant resembles the tree where Sophie and Placia had last explored before ending up in Wedge. However, Placia is nowhere to be found. When Sophie and Alette return to the royal tale, the only town in Wedge, they are approached by a man named Elias Enders, who refers to himself as, quote, the world's strongest ultimate bodyguard, end quote. Elias claims to know a girl named Plasha and offers his services to help guide them to the atelier on the outskirts of town. But when the trio arrives and encounters her, Sophie claims to not know this new girl. Who is the new Plasha and what is his relationship with Sophie's best friend? Sophie, Alette, and Elias are determined to find out. As the game progresses, callous and restricted panels will also become... Oh, sorry, I skipped, <laughs> skipped something there. Throughout the adventure, characters will need to employ their skills in alchemy in order to proceed. Is game, with gamers utilizing an updated version of the panel synthesis system featured in the Mysterious Sub-Series. In Atelier Sophie 2, new items are created based on the alchemic components of materials placed on the panel. Alchemic components are associated with an element... Uh, either fire, ice, lightning, wind, or light. By selecting materials that consist of an element that matches the type of item you want to synthesize, various effects can be acquired. With Almaic <laughs> components, panels that light up brightly are known as link components. When link panels of the same element are adjacent, they form a link. And the greater number of links, the better the effects can be acquired. In order to create powerful items, by being aware of links and strategically placing components becomes key. So it sounds, it probably sounds a lot more complicated than it is in practice. I know Ryza probably had, had a similar feel to it. Just as with alchemy, you're going to, in, in these Atelier games, half your time is going to be sitting exploring, gathering, and fighting. The other half is strictly alchemy because that's how you get much better weapons and armor and items to use. All kinds of fun stuff. As the game progresses, callus and restricted panels will also become available for use. Using callus will enable special effects, such as increasing the size of the synthesis panel. And while restricted panels have a higher synthesis difficulty level, making it harder to place alchemy components, they are, there are special effects that can only be acquired by using a restricted panel. In addition, Sophie and Plasha will be able to unlock the special use of assist skill further along in their adventure. When Plasia's synthesis is unlocked, either Sophie or her can be selected to assist with synthesis. There are some recipes that are exclusively for Sophie, and some are only for Plasia. And a few of these recipes include important items required to proceed in the game. In order to create the advanced items that are key to the story, players will need to raise their level as an alchemist, otherwise known as the alchemy level, Balancing the use of Sophie and Plasha and synthesis in order to increase their alchemy level will be essential to advancing the storyline 
unlocking the mysteries behind this mysterious dream. Didn't learn a whole lot about those new characters, but uh, there are a bunch of images. I'm going to try to put those into a slideshow when I have some time. <laughs> Time's kind of at a premium right now, but um, so you can at least get a good look at these new characters shaping up. To, so I guess that brings four to the party. I'm greatly looking forward to this one. It's probably the next new game I'm going to get. Unless I get, you know, something at Christmas. But yeah, Talia Sophie 2, The Alchemist of the Mysterious Dream is due out for PS4, Switch, and PC via Steam on February 24th in Japan, worldwide, the next day. We got our first look at gameplay footage for Dragon Quest X Offline, Rise of the Five Tribes. Okay, let me say that again. Dragon Quest X, Rise of the Five Tribes Offline, during the latest PlayStation Japan's Play, Play, Play broadcast. Um, of course, this was in Japanese. Uh, this is from publisher Square Enix and developer BB Studio. Um, I kind of snipped out those gameplay uh, segments. I believe it was around eight minutes long. You can check that out on our YouTube channel if you're curious. Uh, to me, it kind of has a Dragon Quest Seven feel to it, especially the um, the remade DS version of that. Uh, but it's kind of got to look all of its own as well. I'm not sure a whole lot behind what this game is going to entail. And, of course, there's a small possibility that this makes it to the West. I, there's a 0% chance we get the online version. <laughs> uh, there's at least a chance that this is coming. Um, it is due out for PS5, PS4, Switch, and PC via Steam on February the 26th of 2022 in Japan. Let's let that kind of happen and see how things go, and then we'll see if this thing's going to come west or not. I mean, I can't even tell you if it's really worth it <laughs> to come west. It is a very odd game, and, and uh, you know, an MMO online only made into an offline version. So we'll just have to wait and see. It's it's interesting, but again, it kind of looks more like a DS offering than what we've been accustomed to, like with Dragon Quest Eleven. Uh, obviously, it's it's an older game. It's been out for a long time in Japan. But uh, if you're curious how it looks, and I'm certain, certainly curious as to what it looked like, you can check that out, like I said, on our YouTube channel. Uh, the Monster Hunter series hit a couple of sales milestones. Uh, first up, Monster Hunter World shipments and digital sales have now passed 20 million. Of course, that includes both Monster Hunter World and its expansion, Iceborne. Um, some big numbers <laughs> for Monster Hunter. Not surprising in the least bit, especially you know uh, in Japan. It is a huge, huge series, and uh, but that is a that's a big, big number. Um, also, there was uh, news that Monster Hunter Rise's sales have now surpassed 7.5 million units worldwide. That's quite a bit <laughs> of units sold. And keep in mind, this game has not come out on PC yet. It will be released in January for PC. So I have a feeling this number could be reaching 10 million here before too long. So yeah, Monster Hunter continuing to sell at a very fast pace. Um, I have to believe they are working on a uh, next generation version 
of it for PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series Next, as well as, you know, current PCs. Will it be a World 2 or another new entry in it? It's, it's kind of hard to say, but Capcom is always <laughs> out working on that next version, especially with these sales numbers, how you can't really blame them. What... So ever, uh, NIS America had an announcement the other day, and they are bringing the Switch version of the action RPG Crystar to the West in spring of 2022. Of course, this game is already out worldwide for PC and PlayStation 4. So this is the uh, Switch version, which I believe is coming out soon in Japan. I don't see it in this article. I'm pretty sure it's coming out in Japan here pretty soon. Um, okay, no, no, no. It, yeah, in Japan, the Switch version is coming out February 24th. A lot of February, mid-February dates popping up here. Um, but yeah, so sometime in the spring. So if it's out in February in Japan, probably April. Just just a guesstimate. If you're curious, there was a trailer to go along with this announcement. It kind of just showed some of the animated uh, cutscene for maybe the opening. There's plenty of footage out there to check out how this game looks. A very interesting premise with uh, making crying <laughs> a part of it and sadness and all that kind of stuff. The, the game will include English and Japanese voiceovers and English text. If you are curious... And I really want to put your money behind this game. Pre-orders for a $90 limited edition are now available on the NIS America online store. Of course, you get a copy of the game, special soundtrack, hardcover art book, visual diary, cloth poster, acrylic stand, and a set of art cards. I'm sure limited numbers of those will be available, so you'll want to get on it here pretty soon. It looks like it. I remember when this came out on PS4, and I was kind of curious about it, but nothing that I really wanted to drop down some money on. It just it looked a little bit too different for my taste. But yeah, if you've been waiting on this one to come out for the Switch, you don't have to wait too much longer. Sometime in spring in the West. Um, this one's, I got two Neptunia stories for you guys. Idea Factory Industrial released a... A new trailer, they're calling this the Extreme Gameplay Trailer for Neptunia X Shinran Kigra Ninja Wars. Uh, there was a little bit of information given out as well. This kind of shows some of the action in it. It looks really fun. I, I think the game looks really fun. I might give it a try here at some point in time. But it also talked about that, um, let's be honest, kind of sketchy <laughs> peaches and cream meditation system. This is a ninja training where you work to your core by balancing on a giant, swaying, jiggling peach. Continue to keep your balance by tilting your controller so your, current, so your character does not fall off. A patience challenge will occur during meditation for extra fun. If you've seen some of the trailers and images from this, you kind of know what I'm talking about. I mean, let's just be honest. The whole game is a little bit... <laughs> Uh, what's the right word for it? It's mature, so why not have something uh, equally ridiculous uh, in there? Uh, Neptunia X Shinran Kigra Ninja Wars uh, is already out in Japan, and uh, just a few more days, it'll be out on October 26th in North America 
and October 29th. In Europe, you can check out that new trailer heading over to our YouTube channel. And this is a Neptunian announcement um, I didn't <laughs> anticipate making. Um, they, they're making something, oh, what is the actual name of it? It's called Dimension Tripper Neptune Top Nip has been announced for PC and is a rail shooter type game which sounds kind of cool. It'll come out sometime in 2022 via Steam. Um, not a whole lot of information has been uh, used, but instead of using their th shaded 3D, cell-shaded 3D models, this will feature pixel art and kind of old school at that. So it's it's definitely going like the, um, the logo for the title is totally Top Gun. Um, that's why it says Top Nip instead of Top Gun. It's pretty cool. Um, but it is a very old kind of looking pixel art. Um, not quite NES type graphics. Maybe like at halfway between Super Nintendo and NES. Definitely looks like an old school game. And um, kind of looks like it plays a little bit like Panzer Dragoon. If I had to, had to say one thing or another. Like a Star Fox type looking. But with the... Neptunia characters flying around and shooting. Why not? <laughs> it, it it only makes sense. So there's a, there's a couple announcements to feed your uh, Neptunia needs. A few media outlets have gone up with the first hands-on previews of the new Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl games. It includes gameplay and screenshots from the ILCA-developed remake of the classic RPGs. The following outlets have previews for it. CNET, Comic Book, Eurogamer, Game Informer, GameSpot, GamesRadar, IGN, Polygon, Screen Rant, and Looks. Because that's how you say that. So I shared the article on our social media channels. So, or if you follow one of these <laughs> um, companies on YouTube, you can check out their previews of it. Uh, this, the Both those games went in November. Let's see an actual, I forget the actual date for it, but it's coming out next month. Oh yeah, November 19th worldwide for the Switch. If you're curious how these things are shaping up, go take a look at your favorite place out of those and they will give you a nice little preview of it. We've talked a little bit about Gate of Nightmares, the iOS and Android mobile game coming uh, Right now, it's only stated for Japan, but it's uh, it'll be out in a couple days on October 26th in Japan. Square Enix announced if you're in those country or in Japan, rather, you can pre-register for it right now. This is the same developer uh, art style as the fairy tale uh, games and uh, anime. No word yet on a worldwide release or not. The game doesn't look bad at all. I'll be I've been honest. There was a announcement trailer you can check it out and see what you think about it i mean it's a it's a mobile game don't get me wrong but for that i don't think it looks too shabby as soon as if i say if we hear about a worldwide release i will let you know what that is um rune factory 5 if you're looking forward to picking this up um, there is a special edition for it of course they just announced it's coming out uh, in Japan in May, and two days later, um, wait, that's not, it launched, 
It's already out in Japan. It launched last May. It's due out March 22nd in North America and March 25th in Europe. They're putting out a special edition. They're calling the Earthmate edition. Limited edition. It will be priced at $79.99. Pre-orders are open through the Exceed Game Store and participating retailers. With it, you get a custom outer box featuring artwork from the series, Illustrated, Illustrator, a physical copy of the game for Switch, and an exclusive steelbook case, a large uh, 6-inch by 8-inch softcover artbook with 70 pages of character illustrations, concept art, and more, the Melodies of NORAD soundtrack CD featuring 15 songs specifically selected from across the entire Rune Factory series, and 13 exclusive in-game costumes based on the marriage candidates from Rune Factory. So that's, honestly, it's not a bad deal. I'm assuming this game is going to come out at $59.99, so 20 bucks more, It's uh, that's quite a good value. That's what we like to see. Yeah, right there it is, uh, $59.99. There is a digital deluxe version with those 13 costumes, Available for $69.99. So, yeah, just $10 more than that, and you get a good amount of uh, exclusive content. So, if you're looking forward to that, I would do that soon. Because, as you know, those are going to be some limited numbers available. Um, a game, i got to be honest, I'm, I'm fairly excited about it, although we don't know when it's coming out. And that is the upcoming Tales of Luminaria. Uh, they revealed that seven of the 24 characters will be available at launch. Not sure, of course, when that launch is or the staggered release of the other 14. But at launch, there will be Lysette, Yelzy, Leo, Celia, August, Falk, and Alexandria. That's uh, that's it, and it's kind of representing two of the three factions. The third one is not represented at the moment. There will be a staggered release on those. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's see. Rather, yeah, seven will be available right away. After that, one extra person will appear every week. So there you go. Would really like to see a release date for this. There, I, like I said, I pre-registered for it. I'm ready to go, but there uh, nothing. Nothing new. I'll let you guys know about this. It's a mobile game, so you know what you're getting with this. And um, I'll let you know what I think about it when it finally does uh, finally does release, hopefully, sometime soon. Atlas held its uh, developer diary number four the other day, and some guidelines came out for streaming and recording of Shin Megami Tensei five. Um, let's see. Specifically, they outlined two major parts of the game that it forbids fans from showing. Toward the end of the story, after the completion of the Banco Temple um, to the ending credits. That's not unusual. Alice does that pretty regularly. <laughs> Honestly, you can't show the end of it. And what they're saying is analyzing boss information through the menu screen. Can't show it. They don't like that. Uh, furthermore, Alice states that footage from Shin Megami Tensei 5 is limited to personal use and should not be released to sites or services that require paid subscriptions to view. Um, all right, I, I'm sure they'll figure it out. Of course, you know, with uh, with Switch, they don't have an in-game or an in-system streaming device. You have to do it through the computer, but 
I'm sure they'll, I'm sure they'll monitor. So <laughs> I would not want to uh, get on their bad side. Let's put it that way. Uh, it, they did also say there's going to be some uh, DLC available at launch. That's everybody's favorite, right? Uh, seven pieces of DLC will be available at launch. You'll have to buy them separately as well. It can't just bundle them all up. Additionally, a new difficulty setting, safety mode, will appear in stories as a free download. To start, there are four pieces of mission-based DLC for the game. Completing these missions will allow players to recruit exclusive demons. Return of the true demon will allow the Mahano to fight against the demi-fiend from Shemangami Tensei 3 Nocturne. You will also get the chance to recruit nine demons, such excuse me, as the Trumpeter and Mother Harlot. A goddess in training will unlock Artemis, whereas Rage of a Queen gives access to Cleopatra. Lastly, the Doctor's Last Wishes offers Mephisto after clearing the story mission. Uh, aside from the mission DLCs that offer new demons and subquests, Shaman God Tensei 5 will also have DLC that will ease the burden of grinding. Both uh, Matama Dance of Wealth and Matama Dance of Experience will increase the spawn rates of rare demons. Uh, the Dance of Wealth makes getting Maka easier by defeating said demons, whereas the Dance of Experience lets you gain more experience. Makes sense. So there you go. Uh, these are fairly cheap. Um, the Return of the True Demons is listed at 980 yen. Whereas the other ones are a little bit cheaper at four fifty, going down to three fifty, just depending on um, how much you want to spend on these things. Uh, we kind of saw this with Tales of Arise too, where there was some paid DLC that would make things a bit easier uh, as far as gaining more experience and and, and the such. And I'm guessing that's going to be more and more popular. Is you know, easy mode does make things easier, but if you want to play you know, on the regular difficulties, but still need a little bit of help. You got to pay for it. That's the world that we live in. Shaving Gaming Tensei 5 will release on the Nintendo Switch in Japan on November 11th and the next day, November 12th, in the rest of the world. Uh, we talked a few weeks ago about the upcoming um, Aerith Play Arts figure from Square Enix from Final Fantasy VII Remake as was shown in her beautiful red dress. Well, you can't have Aerith without having Tifa, right? So uh, now the <laughs> uh, Play Arts Kai dress version of Tifa will make its appearance. Uh, the standard edition goes for $142. Yeah, $142. So if you're watching this on our video version, you are seeing images of it, there's even a short little video that kind of uh, shows it. It's it's stunning. Like I said, with Aerith, it is the same that you saw in game has been represented in statue form. It's a lot of money, uh, even with all the attachments and how how gorgeous it looks. One hundred forty two dollars for a action figure <laughs> is quite quite a bit of money. But yeah, there's no doubt that it is stunning and. You like to see these type of quality artworks? You can get this on the Square Enix store. It is on pre-order right now. It will release in June of 2022. 
we've got some other Final Fantasy news to cover here. Uh, Square Enix revealed the upcoming Final Fantasy XIV letter from the producer live. The next one will feature information on the upcoming Endwalker expansion. The broadcast will be on November 5th um, at 7 p.m. Well, that's not right. If it's 7 p.m. Eastern time, it'll be later. I don't know. Anyway, it's on November 5th. They'll get their times right eventually, I'm sure. And November 6th. It just depends on where you are at in the world. It will have uh, information on the expansion. Details have not been disclosed in full yet. That broadcast will be available on YouTube and Twitch with live English interpretation available as well. Which makes sense since Endwalker is coming out on November the 23rd. So if you're a Final Fantasy XIV fanatic, you'll, I'm sure they'll have some information about when when that is. So as it's listed right now, it's November the 5th at, not, at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, 9 p.m. Eastern Time. So that's this article is not right. Those would be... Um, those would be different. And it's saying the next day at 2 a.m. GMT. I'm not sure what that would be for, like, what the Japan Central time is. So there's some confusion over the times here. Like I said, it's November the 5th or the 6th at the latest, wherever you're at. Check out those times if you're wanting to see it. Um, don't know if there's going to be any Final Fantasy at this or not, but I'm sure there will be something interesting. On October the 27th, at 2 p.m. Pacific Time or 5 p.m. Eastern Time, there will be a new state of play from Sony Interactive Entertainment. It will be on YouTube and Twitch. The broadcast will focus on announcements and updates for upcoming third-party games for PS5 and PS4, including new looks at previously announced games, plus a few reveals from Sony Interactive Entertainment's partners around the world. If you've been watching these state of plays ever since they started doing them uh, back, uh, games upcoming for PS5, as a Sony fanboy, yeah, I know, um, unapologetic, uh, I think they've been extremely impressive. The Nintendo Directs have been uh, really good as well, but rarely do these things not have something that gets you kind of excited for these upcoming games, and um, hopefully this one will be no different now. Will it have JRPGs in 20 minutes? If one of those is not Final Fantasy 16, I'm going to say probably not. Um, we'll just have to see if that's the case or not. But uh, fingers crossed. So whatever is shown, if there is some JRPG news, it'll be on next week's podcast. We have one final story to talk about. And we're going back to the Final Fantasy well to talk about it. Uh, we just got the pixel remasters for Final Fantasies 1 through 6. Uh, well, Final Fantasy 4 game designer and scenario writer Takeshi Tokata wants to create a pixel remaster or a 3D remake of FF4 The After Years. In an interview with Vimitsu, he discussed his work on various past remakes of the game and the most recent pixel remaster. Additionally, he expressed interest in an FF4 remake on par with the FF7 remake. That would be pretty interesting. Here is his quote. I would like to do a modern re-release at some point, maybe in a full remake with 3D graphics and voices, like the Nintendo DS version. I would also like 
to be a pixel remaster. To be honest, not that many people played Final Fantasy IV the after years, but I do want to prepare an environment for people to play it on modern platforms. That would be including myself. I've not actually uh, played that. I've got the uh, DS version, which I'm 99% sure. I knew it was on the PSP version. I'm thinking it's on that DS version as well, so it might be something I have to have to check out. I quite enjoyed FF4, uh, Final Fantasy II here, <laughs> when it was released all those years ago. I, it should be something I might want to pick up. So that's interesting news. I can't say I'm shocked by that, that they would want to do that. So maybe, you know, I think it would be fairly easy to do the pixel remaster of it. Now a full 3D remake thrown into there with a 3D make a 4. It's possible. We've been hearing rumors about the 3D remake of 6. 4 was also very popular, so it would kind of make sense. Are those sacred cows that should not be <laughs> uh, done that way? That's your opinion. I, I probably almost would agree with that, that maybe we shouldn't get those. But a pixel remaster sounds about right. Like you said, not many people got to experience that. So it would be a nice little, you know, thrown on there for a couple bucks. Um, I'm not sure how long that expansion was, but where they feel is, is a fair price. And I'm sure people would pick it up on PC. I have no doubt about that. So it's interesting. I, I have a feeling we're going to be hearing a lot more um, about these type of deals uh, coming up here real soon as Final Fantasy has a uh, a cash cow there and they will keep milking it as long as they can. That's going to do it for episode 188. Didn't have a ton of things to talk about. We only had one cat cameo this time, so that's always good. And uh, <laughs> we'll see what we have kind of craziness in store next week. My name is James Fisher. Thank you. As always, for tuning in, and don't forget, get back out there and level up.